Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. One topic that we have visited more than a few times, but I I still feel is really relevant and needs to be addressed, are common misunderstandings surrounding adoption. And this is important because one of the goals of the podcast is to educate society and to really understand, you know, what's true about adoption and what's not true. And other than you and I going over and kind of reinforcing what is true versus what is a myth. I mean, we're like the the myth busters. And that was a great show, by the way. I love that um, show. I think that this is a way that we can get information out. And I know that the way that I can remember facts the most easily is when I can relate them to something else. Okay. And so what I thought we would do is uh, intermix a lot of these facts with stories. And what we can do is hopefully as people are listening and learning, they will be able to remember some of these because when you're hearing things, you know, they say you have to hear something, read something, and then there has to be more than one avenue or venue in in which you to internalize it. And so we're going to kind of try and do that this way. So as we've talked about, birth mothers love their babies. And a common misconception is, you know, why would they, why would somebody be able just to give away a baby? And nobody is giving away a baby. Right. When my mom placed me for adoption, she wasn't giving me away. Well, as we've said before, we like to use the word place. We're lovingly placing those babies. And so often, and I'll go back to this again, when we talk to some of these birth mothers, so many of them say, I gave up my baby. I gave my baby away. They use that terminology all the time. But the fact is, they're not giving that baby away. They're placing it in a home that's able to care for the child more than they can in their current circumstances. Because this is such a loving decision on their behalf, it's important to understand that they're facing fear factors. And then that immediately makes me think of the show Fear Factor, which also was great. (laughs) Uh, That society itself may not realize. So there may be little support from friends or family members. 
So when my mother had me and she was pregnant with me, she found out three weeks before I was born and only her, uh, two of her sisters knew and her mother that I was coming. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of her older brothers that has since passed away, but I'm I'm not sure. And when I was born and she was in the hospital and then she came back home, I wasn't spoken of for years and years and years. So th- there was a lot of family members that had no idea that I existed. And so there wasn't somebody that she could go to and talk to and confide in about you know, her feelings or anything. So she really had no, no support. Drug use and homelessness are very common uh, reasons for adoption. In my mother's case, that wasn't the reason. It was um, the fact that, you know, she had just turned 16 when I was born. And my mother was the third youngest of nine. My biological grandmother was a single mom at the time. And she wasn't wanting or willing to raise another baby. And that's totally understandable. Uh, she was working all the time. It wasn't, it really wasn't feasible. And on top of it, they knew less than three weeks before I was born. Wow. Do you think that has changed over the years? I mean, I'm sure even back then you were somewhat of an outlier kind of case because your birth mother was so much younger and by and large, the birth mothers that you see and that I see coming through are in their mid-20s and older. And it is more of like the prevalence of drugs is higher nowadays, or at least than what your case was, obviously. Do you think that has been a societal change? And do you think also that with the more open adoptions that that there's a little more support for the birth mothers or am I wrong about that? I mean, is it still? No, 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 you're not wrong. Um, I think I was more of an, an outlier ish type case because when even today, less than 1% of teenagers choose adoption. I don't know that if my mother had made the sole decision that she would have chosen adoption, this was more of a decision of my grandmother and, uh, when during this time frame, you know, in the seventies, a lot of women who were, you know, in the middle to upper class were sent away when they were pregnant and they would go off to those, you know, maternity homes, have the babies, place the baby and then come back. And nobody would ever know that they had had a baby and placed a baby. And that's right. what happened with these teenagers. My mother hit it and, uh, you know, said she didn't know, but basically just, you know, at that time they were wearing a lot of those like mock dresses and that kind of hide the pregnancy a little bit, yeah. certainly. Yeah. You know, she said that she just didn't know, which I, I teased her about before she passed away a lot, you know, like she didn't know. I, uh-huh. Yeah. Sure, Ma. Right. <laughs> so I think that that it is very different. I think that, you know, Today, we do see a lot of women in their in their 20s and in their 30s and some even in their 40s. Mm-hmm. And we do see some teenagers, but it's it's they're not. That's not what we see. I would say less than 10 percent. Right. Of what we see uh, in terms of drug use and homelessness. Yes, those are very prevalent. Now, obviously, you're going to see homelessness much more 
18 and up because, you know, 16 year olds are still mostly residing with their family members. So yes, you are correct. Uh, the drug use, I think now, I think one, it is more, in my opinion, it is more prevalent in that there are more there types of drugs that people are now abusing. They are affecting all levels of society. You know, when I was growing up, you know, if you hear somebody was on drugs, it was like, wow, oh my gosh. And, you know, back in, in that day, you'd think, oh, they're on drugs. Do they have HIV? You know what I mean? Like that was like the big... Yeah, you know. again, like this, there's a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings of what yeah. drugs do. I think a lot of us have never been in that world or done a lot of those things. And that I find that that's I find that really interesting, too, because I, you know, I am vanilla. I am much more on, you know, the side, you know, I went to college and, you know, I went to ASU and at the time it was considered the, you know, the third biggest party school in the country. Right. And it's so funny because I never even went to a college party and <laughs> I was really straight. I, you know what I mean? And so when I'm listening to our clients talk to me about drug use and, and how it makes them feel, mm-hmm. I really do. There is an, a barrier in some aspects because I, I can't relate to that. I can't, you know, I don't know what it feels like for a birth mother when they're, when they're saying they're chasing that first high, like that, you know, in theory, you can read about it and all that, but unless you have experienced it, just like, unless you've experienced placing a baby for adoption, you really don't know the emotions, the angst, the heartache that they do go through when they're going through their stages of grief. In a way you can empathize, but you can't sympathize. You haven't walked in those shoes. So you can academically look at it and go, I understand this, but it's hard to genuinely understand it unless you've literally been there. Yeah. One, one story that is, is kind of funny. Uh, when I was going through my master's degree, uh, one of the requirements was that you attend to AA meetings mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I remember thinking, Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm working at the time and I'm thinking, I wonder if anybody I know like that I'm working with is going to be at the AA meetings and, you know, they're going to wonder why I'm there. And obviously I can't say I'm here for a research project because, you know, you want to like blend in. Right. And so I I remember walking in and sitting down and of course, you know, it was pretty full. I mean, there were a lot of people there and I was, I was young. I'm probably 25, maybe, maybe. And I'm sitting there and I hadn't really researched a lot about the AA meetings. (laughs) So I'm going through it and I'm listening and the gentleman next to me absolutely reeks of alcohol. Mm. And so then I'm thinking I'm in the AA meeting, right? Like this is, I'm not in like the NA meeting or, you know, co-Al-Anon meeting. And so we we go through the meeting and then afterwards I, you know, I kind of like snuck out the back door because I didn't, you know, after, you know, everybody held hands and did the whole chant and everything. I mean, for a first gummer, I, I really didn't know what to expect. I probably should have researched a little bit more going in. So I knew what the whole process was. I remember going back to my teacher and saying, so the gentleman next to me was not sober. 
And she said, no, honey, you just have to have the desire to be sober. Right. So I thought, oh, that makes sense. Of course. So you go to the AA meetings. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So I had to go to the second one. And again, I'm, I'm thinking, so if I see somebody I know, do I go up and do I say hi? Do I like, what do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you handle that situation? Right. I, I'm thinking, are they going to judge me? Because here, you know, birth mothers are being afraid of being judged. So I'm thinking, are they going to judge me? If they, they're going to be like, oh, she's an alcoholic, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I, and, but yet I can't wear a shirt that says I'm here because class, you know? Right. And so I, I went to the second one and it was uh, different a little bit. I mean, it was the same group, but it was different people. And it was hard to relate because I wasn't obviously an alcoholic. Right. And I'm watching all of these people chanting and telling their stories and supporting each other. And I think that it was incredibly a powerful experience for them. But because I wasn't in their canoe, you weren't feeling that power. No, I wasn't. Um, And so I think that is one of the reasons that birth mothers who I've talked to have said, I really want to talk to another birth mom, which is why we have the aftercare program, because unless you've walked in my shoes, you're not going to understand. Mm -hmm. So me standing in that AA meeting was awkward, uncomfortable, and it was um, something that you know, I hope to God, I never, you know, have to attend again, because it it was not something that it wasn't in my comfort zone whatsoever. So birth mothers are, are very afraid of being judged for their adoption choice. Mm -hmm. You know, when they are around friends and the friends are like, Hey, let's throw a baby shower or let's, it's really hard to explain, you know, I'm not keeping the baby. And I've had birth mothers that, that, still had a baby shower and then they gave all of the the items and gifts to their adoptive family but that's really hard too and so I think that if we can eliminate that fear of judgment actually I think more women would choose adoption over abortion because when women go and have an abortion I would say the vast majority of them are not posting on Facebook, hey, going to have my abortion today. You know what I mean? This is the baby. This is the ultrasound. You know, they're not celebrating this. They're putting, they're not putting it out there. Right. Like, hey, everybody check it out. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, one of our goals is obviously to promote adoption over abortion. And that being said, I think that if we would, you know, continue to normalize and make adoption less stigmatized and stereotyped. I really think that we would have an increase in adoptions. You know, when a birth mother is going through her adoption journey, mm-hmm. it is not all, you know, sunshine, rainbows, roses. It's really not. There are parts of the adoption journey that are difficult. And it's almost like if you're if you're traveling on the adoption road and there's some, you know, some hills as you're as you're going through it, I don't know that the general uh, public would really know what those hills would look like. It can be anything from attending um, an OBGYN appointment because when you go to one, uh, you know, they start talking to you about your baby and how excited you are and let's measure the baby, let's snarby. And 
Sometimes the birth mothers have not disclosed to the doctor yet, hey, I'm placing my baby for adoption. And again, the fear of that judgment, they, they want to be accepted just like all of us do, and they don't want to be looked at differently. Uh, so having to explain their adoption choice, whether it's to you know an OBGYN nurse or a doctor or a friend who wants to throw them a baby shower, it can be really hard. Another time is, is you know, when they have been given pro- adoption profile books and they're seeing faces of real people, even though they've signed, you know, preliminary paperwork to work with the agency, seeing faces of real people that may become the adoptive parents to your baby is really like being in the dark and turning the light on all right. of a sudden. You know, it's, it's that shock value of jumping, you know, in a cold pool Mm -hmm. and some birth mothers struggle, some cry, some who are very grounded in their adoption choice and have maybe done this before or have really prepped themselves, you know, take a long time and go through the books and really scrutinize, you know, moms that are, are struggling or become very emotional will often go through them very fast and choose. Making an adoption plan, just going back to the beginning of their adoption journey and saying, okay, I'm here at the intake and I'm choosing adoption and learning about adoption and asking those preliminary questions. That's, that's hard. That's really hard before they have the baby and go to the hospital when they are reviewing the adoption paperwork that they're going to sign after the baby is born. That also is like seeing, okay, so this is the the language that's in the adoption consent, and this is what it's going to look like when the time comes. In some aspects, I think it's amazing that they get to see it ahead of time. So they're not reading it for the first time in those moments when it's time to actually sign the final paperwork. But it's also, it's hard. It's like dipping your foot in a really cold pool before you have to jump in would be, you know, one tenth or one one thousandth of what they're going to be feeling. The birth of their baby, which is one of the most exciting times in their life, but at the same time, one of the hardest, because when a mom is carrying a baby, they're one. And then when the baby's born, they become two. And women who parent uh, after the birth of their baby sometimes still struggle, you know, with the postpartum depression because they are no longer physically attached to their baby. And so a mother that is placing her baby for adoption may have that tenfold or 20fold or 30fold because again, she's being separated from her baby physically. Uh, and then again, physically. Uh, leaving the hospital is always an emotional time. I, I shouldn't say always. For, for many, many women, it is a very difficult time. Because even though that's not the last time they may see their baby and that's not the goodbye moment, it still is, again, that separation. And it feels very real at that point. It's very solidified because of what she's going through. Right. There's more distance. Okay. And then ultimately, obviously, saying goodbye is, is very difficult as well. I have seen many birth mothers that are our younger birth mothers that come into our agency have themselves aged out of foster care and they're making an adoption choice because they don't want their baby to have the same life that they have. I can't tell you how many times I have seen and, you know, 19 year old, 18 year old come into our program. And she has told me 
that, you know, I was in the foster care system and nobody adopted me and I aged out and my caseworker drove me to the shelter and handed me $50 and I, I don't got pregnant. want to pass that tradition on. I, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really hard to hear. And it's, um, it's heartbreaking because you're looking at her and she's so young. Again, she's alone in the world. She doesn't have anybody else. And so it's, it's tough. It's really tough. And kudos to them because they're breaking the cycle. I and agree. I think that was really, really amazing. Sometimes we have birth mothers at a place before and they come back in place again. And it is, uh, it is hard to watch because this isn't something that we would ever want somebody to have to experience once, much less twice. Mm -hmm. Um, but we understand that, you know, it happens Unplanned pregnancies do happen. Right. You know, oftentimes people who don't understand adoption or what happens with birth moms will say things like, wow, she's, she's coming on two adoptions. And you, know, you look at them and you think, okay, well, if you speak to a woman that has had an abortion, ask her how many she's had. That is a good point. Absolutely. And you might be very surprised at the answer. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, we've had women uh, on our show that have had seven, eight abortions. And I think that, again, we are not aware of how much or how many abortions are occurring. But yet we're going to focus on a woman who is placing two babies for adoption. So you, you just have to look at the context and really understand what is really going on rather than turning a blind eye to one and focusing on another. Right. And we so, need to change that societally, too, to where people, again, celebrate this decision as opposed to looking down on it. And I think most people do. But sometimes that initial reaction of, oh, my gosh, this is your second, third baby that you're placing. And just maybe even that surprise is kind of hurtful to the birth mother that's going through it, you know. And I think so. we need to change. We need to educate. Very much so. We had a birth mother that uh, came back to us and she said, you know, I almost didn't come back to your agency because I was so embarrassed that I had already placed a baby. And I thought, first of all, don't ever be embarrassed because you're making a beautiful choice. And second of all, things happen and we're not here to judge. We're here to help. Right. And so, yeah, it was, I was, I was grateful that she chose us to come back. So there are also some bittersweet moments, those moments that, you know, are really hard, but also amazing. Mm -hmm. Some of those would include the ultrasound. So some, some birth moms hate going to ultrasounds because it's too hard. They don't want to see the baby. They want to distance themselves and other birth moms want to see the baby and it's hard. And it's very interesting because when birth mothers have an ultrasound, you know, a lot of times they give you the pictures, you know, the, they'll give you the, the pictures of the, the baby. strip of, right, right. Yeah. And sometimes it will have birth mothers that just immediately hand it over to the caseworker. And then right. we have other birth mothers that will sit there and hold the, the picture and say, I really, I want to keep this. And, you know, obviously they can do what they want to. Right. And then we have other birth mothers that uh, will take pictures and then hand it to the caseworker. So it's just, it's, it's just, you know, a, interesting to see 
how it is. All the different reactions to it. And I like it makes sense because in the one way it really does make it real. You're looking at a picture of a human life that's growing inside you that that becomes concrete right at that point. And it's also like that is a human life inside me. That's a joyous thing. That's, you know, whether I'm placing my baby or not. So, yeah, I'm sure you get just the complete gamut of, of reactions to these pictures. You do. And I have to say, uh, the, especially the early, the early ultrasounds, um, you know, when I had my four biological children and I had ultrasounds, I remember, you know, the ultrasound tech was so excited and pointing out everything and then she handed it to me and I thought, no, what is what? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, I'm not seeing what you're seeing. I'm really right. grateful that that's my baby, but I'm not seeing, you know. I don't see him waving in there at me or, no. yeah. I mean, that's interesting because that's how I felt too when we got the ultrasounds of my son, because it's not an actual photograph, you know, you're it's hard to make out those details and somebody's telling you, okay, right there, that's his finger sticking up and things like that. Yeah. And it, I'm like, where? Okay. I, yeah. And then you kind of go along with it. You're like, oh yeah. Thinking, yeah, I have totally. no idea. And they probably do see that because they're doctors and they, and, and techs and stuff. And they see these day in and day out. So they, they learn to really spot those things. But for me looking at it, it's like looking at a Picasso going, is that an right. ear? Right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I still kind of look at them and you know, I mean, some of them I, I've learned now, you know, early on I can spot, you know, the fetal pole and the sack and all that. I can do that. And then okay. the gummy bear stage. And then some of it I just look at it and I think, yeah. It's all Greek to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good way to say it. Uh feeling their baby move. I think this is uh this is a hard one because speaking from experience, when you feel your baby move, it is like, you know, your baby's okay. Sometimes 45 minutes will go by uh, when I was pregnant and I would think baby hasn't moved. You know what I mean? So you start kind of like touching your stomach. Like is everything okay? You're good, right? You're good. You're good. You're good. And so I think that when they feel the baby move, it's a constant reminder that the baby's saying, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. And I think that there's probably some guilt and, you know, it's again, bittersweet because these birth mothers want their babies to be fine. When, when there's a medical concern or medical scare or something happens to the baby, when they're carrying the baby, they are devastated, devastated as if they were parenting or going to parent the baby. And so they love their babies just as much as a woman who is planning on parenting their so there is a lot of mixed emotions. You know, attending adoption counseling is another point where it's, it is very helpful, but it's also hard because it's like when you have a wound, uh, there was a time my daughter uh, was in cheerleading and they were running laps around the uh, football field. And I don't know, one of the girls was playing and, you know, kind of like pushed her shoulder. My daughter is little. So she went flying into the, um, the rocks right. and she had like, uh, these, this black little rock debris on her knee and she came home and she was crying and she, when she was probably 15 or 16. And I remember looking at it and I, I thought, Oh, that's all going to have to come out. And 
I, uh, I called one of my best friends who's a nurse, mm-hmm. <laughs> to come over and help. And uh, cause I started to get a little queasy because I mean, there was a lot and I knew it was really going to hurt because I knew they all had to come out all the little rocks and pebbles, the debris. Right. And I, I, I just kept thinking, I can't flick that pain on her. I know it has to be done. I want to be the one to hold her hand and tell her it's going to be okay. And so my nurse friend, uh, thank you, Beth, uh, came <laughs> over and uh, cleaned it all out for her. And, you know, we got through it and she was able to heal and move on. And that's what counseling does. It, it basically really goes there and makes it hurt for a little while. Yeah, then you got to dig these rocks out. When we have our post-placement counseling sessions, it's really interesting to watch. The women will uh, come together. We usually have a topic that we're going to address and we'll start with the topic and they'll share. And then inevitably one of them pulls out their phone because they all have their phones with them and is showing the girl next to her a picture of her baby that she placed. Well, then she's whipping out her phone and, you know, now phones are being passed all around and... And it's fine because that's the direction they wanted to go. And so we're following the direction, you know, it's, it's, it's for them. There's so much joy in, in watching their baby grow up and how happy their baby is and how well their baby's doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, knowing that they're not the ones there. To they're provide. growing up in another home with another family. Now there is that relationship with the birth mother and the adoptive family, but it's, different than you know your child growing up in your own home right and yet in looking at all of these downers that we've been talking about and all these hard moments that's why I've always talked about birth moms as being heroes and how we need to appreciate their sacrifice and their selfless choice because they are creating families for many people who couldn't have the family that they've dreamed of having and you know, as society chooses to celebrate adoption as a choice for unplanned pregnancies, this is a positive way for you to show support. You know, understanding that adoption truths allow facts to surface is important because facts are what we really should be basing our emotions off of and our feelings and not making judgments until we have the facts. It will also help us dissolve our myths. You know, it takes a village to raise a child, but it takes a nation to support adoption. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just get you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona Families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thanks also go out to Grapes for allowing us to use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. We also now have a website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Tune in next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines.